It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. So, how do we best respond to the pandemic? So, we protect people's health, their rights to make their own medical decision. What's the balance between local control, state laws, federal laws? State Senator Todd Weiler, uh, who sat in for David Janovic today and uh, had to do some real mental gymnastics uh, dealing with the uh, Governor Cuomo announcement. Uh, but he is here to give us an inside look uh, kind of behind the scenes in terms of what lawmakers will have to weigh, what they'll have to balance to make sure we make good policy here in the state of Utah. Senator Weiler, thanks uh, for coming back uh, for another conversation today. Well, thanks for having me, Boyd. You know, the first thing I want to say on this topic is um, no matter what the government does, it's not going to be enough for some people and it's going to be too much for others. Because one thing I've learned is there is no general consensus um, as to what uh, the right thing is. And, and people will say, no, no, there is, because everyone I talk to agrees to me. But I think that that that's more because we've we've put ourselves in political cocoons and we're we're all Facebooking and, and tweeting with the people that, you know, tend to agree with us. But, you know, the, the state school board and the local school board members found this out the hard way a year ago, you know, because no matter what they announced with school, you know, a third of the parents were furious. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's an important part of that is uh, one, you, you're never going to please everybody, especially on something as uh, divisive and, and as many different perspectives as there are. Uh, on this. And again, I, I also think it's important to remember that uh, the operative word in all of this is novel coronavirus. It's new. It's yeah. different. And uh, there was a lot of learning along the way. And uh, I wanted to, to have you take us behind the scenes a little bit, because I do think the transparency part, the transparency and trust are the key in any good public policy. And so as as you're behind the, the scenes, uh, Senator, as you're considering a bill, maybe something specific to coronavirus or something else, uh, talk us through just kind of how you evaluate kind of what level of government should be handling this and uh, how do we weigh out all of those benefits versus, you know, rights and risks? Yeah, and, and first pandemic is a lawmaker, so there's been a lot of on-the-job training. But, you know, I just want to take us back. I'll 2020. I mean, we didn't know much of anything. We, we knew that there was this new virus. We knew that a lot of people were getting sick. We knew that some people were dying. Um, but fast forward through today, and we know so much more. And of course, the Delta variant um, is more contagious, but there's not a lot of evidence yet that it's more deadly. And so, um, you know, uh, but, but here's what we know. We know that, number one, if you're vaccinated, you're probably, if you get COVID while you're vaccinated, um, or the Delta variant or whatever, you, you may get, you know, cold-like symptoms for a couple of days, but you're not likely to be hospitalized. You're not likely to die. I'm not saying that could never happen. Um, but number two, we also know that, um, you know, if, if you're over the age of 65, you have uh, at least a 95% chance of, of surviving COVID. 
without being vaccinated. But if you're you're under the age of 65 and get COVID, but it, you know without being vaccinated, you have over a 99% chance of surviving. Um, and uh, so you know we know so much more today. And, and for me as a policymaker, for me as a um, as a state senator, I think that the vaccination has altered the landscape because I think it was totally appropriate to try to shut down and protect our most vulnerable people. But now that we have the vaccination and now that it's readily available in Utah, um, I think that the, the role of government now is to step back and let people make their own choices and live their own lives. And, um, and you know, and, and not everybody agrees with that. A lot of people want us to shut everything down again and, and force people to get a vaccination against their will and force children in schools to wear masks. Um, you know, and, and I understand those people are not pretty satisfied with my answer. Yeah. Uh, I want to get your perspective just <clears throat> from your legal background and as a lawyer. Obviously, businesses have rights and they have rights to institute restrictions and requirements, whether that's for customers and clients and guests or employees and staff. Uh, what what are the, the people's personal rights to take or not take the vaccine or other medical treatment, again, based on the on business or where they work? Well, and you know, yeah. So this is a, a clash, and some of our more um, conservative or libertarian friends may not agree with my answer on this either. But you know, we had a bill last session that would have prohibited Utah employers from requiring vaccination of their employers uh, employees. The bill didn't go anywhere. Um, it was introduced, and it didn't pass. But um, you know, it, it is. You know, we've all heard the the phrase that your right to swing your fist, you know, ends right before my face or my nose, right? right. And this is one of those scenarios because um, because it's not only businesses that have rights, it's property rights. And so, mm. you know, um, I'll, I'll give an imperfect example, but, you know, the the, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day came out years ago and said, we, we don't want people to carry guns into our church buildings. Um, a lot of... Um, <laughs> conservative Republicans in Utah were, were uh, put back by that. But, you know, I was the first to say, hey, you know, they're a private property owner. They they get to set the rules. And and I think this is similar. If Home Depot or Costco or Delta Airlines says, we, we don't want you as a customer if you're not vaccinated. They, yeah, I'm not saying that they've done that. But if they do that, do that, you know, some people are going to flock to those businesses saying, finally, we have someone that agrees with my, yeah. with my you know, with, with my view. And we're going to have other people that are going to shun those businesses. And so I, I'm fine with that, and I don't believe it's the role of state government to step in and tell businesses, you know, you don't have personal property rights anymore, and so you don't get to make the rules for who comes into your store and who potentially infects your 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 uh, employees. So I'm okay with letting the free market figure those things out. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, state Senator Todd Weiler, guest host today of Dave and Dejanovic. Uh, appreciate your perspective on this, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Lots more to come as it relates to the coronavirus. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Uh, president Joe Biden just uh, wrapped up a uh, press conference uh, where he and the vice president, Kamala Harris, uh, were congratulating lawmakers in the United States Senate for passing the uh, almost $1.2 trillion uh, deal on infrastructure. Uh, it was a long haul, was a, was a big bite and a long chew and a lot of spending and uh, a lot yet to be dissected as it relates to that. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer immediately has put to the floor the uh, $3.5, $3.6 trillion uh, deal that will go through based on reconciliation. So there'll be some hours of debate. There will be a very long vote on amendments. 
that could go well into the early morning hours. I don't think they'll begin that tonight. I think they'll do that uh, Wednesday to Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll continue to track all of that. Uh, the president was asked uh, about infrastructure. He was uh, asked about uh, COVID-19, and he was also asked about a reaction uh, to Governor Cuomo's resignation. And we'll get some sound on that and have more of that coming up on KSL News Radio. We're going to go ahead and step in, step aside. When we come back, uh, we have plans now for the new mixed-use development at the old prison site in Draper. The Point Executive Director Alan Matheson will be here next to give us a look at what some people think is in the is is the city of the future. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.